We thank you, Father, that you sent Jesus. That Jesus, you came to serve. You came to seek. You came to heal. You came to deliver, to set free. And, and now you call us to do the same. Because freely we have received, now freely we give, God. As we sang earlier in the third song, God, we pray for our city. Pray for Awatuki, Chandler, Tempe, Mesa, Maricopa, Phoenix. Just the whole greater Phoenix area, God, that your will be done and that your kingdom would come. And that people, the chains would be dropped. They would hear chains, seeing people set free, God. Here we are. Send us. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So good to be with you. Hey, high five two or three people as you see it. Just say hi to somebody. And, and uh, it's so good to be with you this morning. And for those of us joining online, uh, so glad that you have logged in. You're part of the family. And uh, we'd, uh, hey, make sure you're chatting in the comments. And we'd love to hear from you. And again, we're just honored that you're with us this morning. If this is your first time at Mountain Park Church, we're just so honored that you're a guest. And a lot of great things happening. I want to invite my wife up really quick. And uh, Cindy, just to give a little shout out to uh, some things that are going on. Go ahead, love. Where's my ladies at? All the ladies. Oh, I love it. Well, why don't we just make it a women's weekend? Mother's Day, Sunday, Saturday. We've got a women's breakfast right here at Mountain Park at 9 o'clock. And we would love to see you. Old, young, doesn't matter. If you can only come for a short while, that's fine. You just come in, we're gonna have fun, have something to eat, just talk. We love, women love to talk, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> we just would love to see you and just bless on you. I believe this is the first time in two years yeah. that we've actually had anything. So I'm really, really excited to meet you. And I mean, in a large group like this, we can sometimes miss each other, but we, Woman, we can just come together and get to know each other. So, love yeah, to see you. Next Saturday. Thanks, love. This Saturday. You look beautiful, by the way. You look beautiful. Yeah, we were walking into church this morning and she said, you know, last time I wore these shoes, I was pregnant. I said, just back away right now. <laughs> well, it's so good to be with you this morning and uh, we're going to have a fun time. Today's jumping weekend. You would have noticed as you came on campus that they got boards and a lot, of pe- a lot of fun things. First service was amazing, and, uh, and so we're going to talk more about But I want to start this morning with a story of two shoe salesmen. <clears throat> they were uh, sent to a third world country and had a flyer far away, and so kind of landed with jet lag, and as they got off the plane, they noticed that no one was wearing shoes. And so the first guy, he ran to a payphone, you know, dialed, collect to the U.S. and said, honey... I'm coming back tomorrow, the first plane out of here. No one wears shoes. It's hopeless. The second guy, well, he ran to the payphone too and collect called his wife. He said, honey, I got some bad news. No one here wears shoes, so I'm going to be here for a whole month. (laughs) Same situation, two different perspectives. You know, life has so much to do with perspective. In fact, let's look at what Webster's Dictionary says about the word perspective. The word perspective is defined as a particular attitude toward or a way of regarding something, a point of view. Some uh, synonyms for the word perspective are outlook, position, stance, attitude, frame of mind, frame of reference, way of looking 
or interpretation. Let me ask you this morning, what is your perspective? What is your outlook? What is your stance? What is your attitude? What is your frame of reference? What is your belief system? What is your point of view when it comes to life? You know, today's title is called, I'll Go. In fact, in the book of Matthew 28, one of the last things Jesus said to his disciples was to go. And it wasn't just for his disciples, it's for all those that follow Jesus Christ, for all Christ followers, to go into the world, to make disciples, to take light into darkness, to be a light on a hill, for us to go, to receive God into our life, His presence, to receive grace, to receive mercy, to receive this love, to receive His Spirit, and then to go out into a world that is broken and hurt and lost. You know, uh, Matthew chapter six is a great chapter in the Bible. It's a very deep, cha deep chapter. Jesus starts out in the beginning of Matthew chapter six and he talks about the attitudes that Christ followers are to have. We know it as the Beatitudes. In fact, in a couple of weeks, I'm gonna launch a new series uh, called Attitudes for Success. And we're gonna jump into that, that, that chapter and look at the Beatitudes. He, Jesus then goes on after the Beatitudes and he, he's talking about the Lord's Prayer. He says, this is how we are to come to God in prayer. And he, he teaches on how, how we to pray to God. And then he transitions in, in Matthew chapter six and Jesus begins to talk about two distractions that all humans face. Two distractions that every one of us are gonna face and, and wrestle with. And so we're gonna jump into that in Matthew chapter six, verse 19. And Jesus said, do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. Very important, Jesus said, you can lay up treasures in heaven. Very important. It's not when you get to heaven, today you can store up treasures in heaven. And he says, verse 21, for where your treasure is, where your focus is, there your heart will be also. Very important. What you value, what you treasure in your life, that's where your heart's gonna be. You know, if you value your spouse, guess what? Your heart will be with your spouse. If you value your kids, if you value your job, if you value your car. I can see sometimes, you know, when someone drives by and, and their car doesn't look that good, I can say, they don't value their car. And Jesus says in life, where your treasure is, there your heart will be too. And then he continues in verse 24. He says, and no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon or God and money. In verse 23, therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you'll put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? He said, just, just look at the birds of the air, for they, they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which, which one of you, by worrying, can add one cubit? to his stature. So what do you worry about clothing? 
Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil or spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon, King Solomon, in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of of the field, which, which is today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Very interesting. Jesus right here, he transitions from this Beatitudes, there's the Lord's Prayer, and then he goes into two distractions, two distractions that we wrestle with and two distractions that people in Jesus' times wrestled with, wrestled with and the two things are money and the future. The fear of, of not having enough and then the fear of what's next. And Jesus begins to, to dive in and say, let me talk to you about these things and, and, and let me talk to you about the perspective. I want to ask you today, what is your perspective today? What is your outlook? What is your stance? What is your attitude? What is your frame of reference when it comes to money and material and stuff and when it comes to your future and when it comes to your life here on earth? What is, what is your perspective? I want to use an illustration today. Uh, it's a little different. If I can have my, my two volunteers that are going to help me today. Uh, I want to talk to you about having a kingdom perspective. Having a kingdom. Living with a kingdom perspective. You see, a kingdom perspective is not just Sunday when we come to church or where we log on online. I want to talk to you about a kingdom perspective. In the book of James, chapter 4, verse 4, chapter 4, verse 14, James writes and he says, life is but a vapor. vapor. Life on earth is it's like a vapor. It's here and it's gone. In fact, if we're going to look at that passage in the message translation, uh, it's from verse 13 and James writes, and now I have a word for you who brashfully announced today at the latest tomorrow, we're off to such and such city for the year. We're going to start a business and make a lot of money. You don't know the first thing about tomorrow, James says. You're nothing but a wisp of fog catching the brief bit of sun before disappearing. James writes, instead, make it a habit to say, if the master wills and if we're still alive, we'll do this or we'll do that. You know, I want you today, uh, for the sake of illustration, imagine that this rope represents eternity. Now, I wanted to go and buy a 400-foot-long rope so that I could run it through the building because imagine this rope going all the way through there and just there, never-ending. That's eternity, never-ending, eternity. And James literally is writing and saying that if you imagine the eternity and your life on earth, your life on earth is but a vapor. As a little bit of mist and as the sun comes, it's gone. For the sake of illustration today, I'm gonna say, take James's words, life's but a vapor and say, imagine today that your life is but a dot. Your life on earth is but a dot. So in the sense of eternity, my life is but a dot. It's but a vapor, but a dot. I mean, do you like my dot? It's a beautiful dot. 
I mean, you can't even see my dot, so let me, let me help you. <laughs> Thanks, Pastor Andrew. My dot is right there. It's a wonderful dot. Paul writes in the book of Acts, and uh, he, uh, he says, uh, uh, from one man he made all nations that they should inhabit the whole earth, and he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. He begins to say that my dot, in the sense of eternity, God knew where my dot would show up. So I was born in Port Elizabeth, South Africa. He appointed the time and the place where I would be born. He knows how long my life is gonna span. Maybe 70, 80, 90, maybe 100 years. I don't know. God knows the appointed time. But God knows my dot and he knew the places. I love this. He knew that on September 11th, that's my birthday. I know it's not a good day to have a birthday. It's my birthday. <laughs> Back in 1970, I was born. I know, a little lucky younger. He knew, and this is good news. When I read this verse, it's good news because I meet people that will tell me I'm an accident. You know, mom and dad didn't know Jesus. They were drunk. They were in a club. Barry White was playing. Let's get it on. And they got it on. And nine months later, whoops, there it is. No, you're not an accident. God knew, doesn't matter how the delivery method of your dot showing up happened, God knew the times and the places that he set forth for you. That's good news. No one on earth is an accident. No one's an accident. And then Ecclesiastes chapter three, verse 11, Solomon writes, he says, and he has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity in their hearts, in the heart of humanity, except no one can find out the work that God does from beginning to end. And he's saying that in the beginning of creation, God put eternity, Adam walked in the presence of God. But when we sinned, when Adam sinned, sin was passed down. That's what the Bible says, sin was passed down from the first Adam and the second Adam, Jesus came and he paid the price for sin. But all of us were born in sin. No one taught you how to steal the last cookie at the cookie jar. Even mom said, no, you just gotta have the cookie and you took it. And mom said, why'd you take the last cookie? I don't know. It was just in me. But you know what? The way that God created us there's still a desire, there's a void inside humanity that says this, there must be more. And, and so in life, people will chase success and when they get to the end of it, you know, they get the PhD and they're like, I got the PhD and then they go, I'm still not fulfilled, there must be more. I can get all the money and be a multimillionaire and go, I have all this money, but there must be more. Why? Because God put eternity in the hearts of man. And there's a, there's a void inside of people's lives and the only one that can fill that void is God. But you see, people will live on the, on the dot and people get so crazy about the dot and their focus is the dot. And you know what people do? They get so crazy. It, it becomes, it's all about stockpiling. Let me get as much stuff for my dot. Let me fill my dot because if I fill my dot, then maybe my dot will have some value. Gimme, 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 my name is Jimmy. <laughs> Takers all the time, taken. And people, it's not just all about stockpiling, it's all about having the newest thing. Because when I get the newest thing, guess what? Then my dot has some meaning. So people in life do crazy things. I, you know, one of the craziest things I think is whenever the new iPhone is released. In fact, I've got a photo if we look at that. People camp out for days to get a new iPhone. I'm like, you can just order it. 
You don't have to be number 10 in line. I was number 10 and I got the phone. Now let me social media that I got the newest thing. Why? Because my dot feels like it matters because I got the newest thing. And then, you know what people do? They don't just stockpile. They don't just all about getting the newest thing. Sometimes it's all about comparison, keeping up with the Joneses. Well, we just gotta keep up with everybody. Why? Because if I keep up with everybody, then my dot has meaning and I feel so, oh, my, my dot is so beautiful. Isn't it interesting when you think about buying a new car? You know, oh, I think I wanna, you know, I really like the Audi Q5. That's a nice car. That's a nice car. You start thinking about, you know, and then you're driving, you know, in your old car to work and then you notice everybody's driving an Audi Q5. <laughs> Why is everybody driving my car? Lord, why, when are you gonna bless me with my car? And we start to go, is this sin in my life, God? Everybody's driving, and you don't even know, they've been driving the Q5 for a long time. It's just because you're now beginning to compare, compare your car to other cars. But Jesus in this passage in, Mark, in, in Matthew chapter six is beginning to say, come on, your dot, your dot is not just meant to live for this, this little space of time. Your dot is meant to live for eternity. And he says, when I'm, he's inviting us to come live for something so much bigger than the dot. And that's what he says in Matthew 6, verse 33, Jesus says, but seek first the kingdom of God. What is he saying in doing that? He says, seek first the kingdom of God. Stop seeking just everything about the dot. Begin to shift your focus to outside the dot and begin to think about eternity. You see, as you, as you read this passage, it says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the things will be added to you. What is he saying? He says, I want your, your dot right here can have an eternal impact. You can live for something so much bigger. So what, what does it look like to live with kingdom perspective? What does it look like to say, you know what, I'm not just gonna live for my dot, this vapor of a life I have on earth. I wanna begin to live for something so much bigger, eternity. I want to begin to live with a kingdom perspective. What would it look like to live like that? What would it look like to, to live with this idea that I can store up treasures in heaven? What does that look like? I wanna give you three kingdom perspectives today. If you take your notes. Number one, God is my source. God is my source. It's not the stock market. It's not your job you have. Those are just avenues. But God is your source. He says in Matthew chapter six, he says that I will take care of you. As you put the kingdom first, God knows your needs, my friend. But as you shift your focus about all my needs and shift to the needs of others in this world that is hurting the people around you, God will take care of your needs. You see, God doesn't just know where and when your dot started. He knows what your dot needs. You know, uh, we, uh, a year ago, we were in Palm Desert, renting an Airbnb, and there's a lot of hummingbirds in Palm Desert. And so Cindy and Shay uh, went out to Walmart and bought a, a hummingbird feeder with the special juice you put in, and man, and the birds were going crazy. And we're just watching the birds all, and we're just like, wow, look at them. And then, so we got here to Phoenix, and we noticed there's some hummingbirds. So Cindy went out and said, I'm gonna buy a, you know, a feeder and get the juice, and, and we hung it up, and we got a little backyard area, and she hung it up there, and guess what, for four days, no birds. And she was getting worried. And we were sitting outside, the sun was going down, and there flew a bird. Landed and Cindy almost jumped up and shouted, shouting, glory Jesus, you know. <laughs> it's like, but God knew how to get that bird to that feeder. 
And in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says, do you see the birds of the air? They don't sow, they don't reap, they don't have barns stored up. Your heavenly father, you ever seen a bird that has a barn? No, because God takes care of them. And then Jesus says, how much of more value are you than the birds that he takes care of every day? You see, and Christians, don't, well, Christians don't like talking about money. Well, there's the pastor talking about money again. Wanting me to give. It's like some of us who grew up in church, we know the old pastor would get up and say, show me your checkbook and I'll show you how much you love God. <laughs> Nowadays it's like, show me your iPhone and I'll show you how much you love God. <laughs> but you know what? It's, it's not a, really about money, it's about generosity. People ask me, pastor, you believe in tithing? Yeah, I do. Well, that's in the Old Testament. It's law in the Old Testament. Yeah, it is law in the Old Testament. But in Matthew chapter five, Jesus says, I didn't come to abolish the law. I came to fulfill it. He didn't say that law doesn't matter anymore. Well, if law didn't matter anymore, guess what? You could murder people. You could, you could shame your parents, the 10 commandments. You could steal from your neighbor. You could take his wife. Or his you could do, because what? The law is abolished. Doesn't matter. No, 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 no. When we get to heaven, the law is still there. But when we go up and stand before God, the law can't condemn us because the blood of Jesus has made us righteous. The law is not removed. It's fulfilled. And so guess what? So yeah, I do believe in tithing. What is tithing? Tithing is 10% that I have. It's not mine. It's God. But when I get to heaven, I know this. God's not going to say, Charlton, what did you do with the 10%? He's going to say, what did you do with the 90? Because that's called Stewardship. See, Holman commentary puts it so good. Holman New Testament commentary says, you cannot take treasures with you into the next world, but you can send it ahead through kingdom-oriented stewardship. See, you know what stewardship is? Stewardship's when I begin to say, God, I thank you today that you're a covenant God. And in Genesis chapter 12, you say that you wanna bless me so that I can be a blessing. See, God doesn't have a problem with stuff. He has a problem is when stuff has us. See, when money has, God doesn't have a problem with money, people. But the problem is, is when money has us and we can't be a vehicle to be a blessing. And so I just believe when we begin to say, God, my hands are open, you can bless me. You got a nice house. If God's blessed you with a nice house, you know what you should be saying? God, how can I use my nice house to make a difference in eternity? Why don't you start a small group? People can walk in and say, you have a really nice house. Yeah, God's being good. Let's talk about him. You got a nice car? Pick up someone to church. You got a big SUV? Pick up your kids' friends and bring them to youth. Because God has blessed you. And use whatever you have to be a blessing. You see, to live with a kingdom perspective, you know what you gotta do? You gotta stop and say, I'm gonna invest my treasures into the things of God. That's how I live with a kingdom perspective. God, thank you that you've blessed me. Now I'm gonna turn around and be a blessing. You see, uh, there's a character in Lord of the Rings. His name's Smeagol. You know what Smeagol says? This is what Smeagol says. We's want it. Me's need it. Me's must have the precious. And that's a character in Lord of the Rings who's just fighting for the ring the whole time. Sometimes I think Christians are like that. I just want to take and take and take so that I can look good. No, I want, to take, I want God to bless me that he can look good. That he can look good. Perspective number one, God is my source. Perspective number two, God put gifts and talents in my life. See, God didn't just know where and when you would show up. God didn't just know what you would need. God gave you gifts and talents that your dot 
could make an impact for eternity, that your life could make a difference. Now, I'm so grateful for the volunteers at Mountain Park Church. We have incredible volunteers. We're a worship team. We had people running cameras and sound. This Right now, uh, you're so grateful because your kid is in, in, in kids' church right now, and you just get a moment to, like, relax. Come on, parents, I know. You're grateful for that time, man. Drop the kids off and be in church. It's okay. I love the kids' ministry workers that are shaping my daughter right now. I'm grateful for, uh, you know, just uh, Jose and his wife, Alicia, that, you know, I, at the first event I came to at Mountain Park Church was the family night, the third, uh, third Friday night where we showed up, where over 100 people, and we watched a movie, and our daughter was running around all crazy and having fun, and we just got to hang out with adults. It was amazing, and I heard the story about his neighbor that he's, he bought, a, I think, a projection TV thing from his neighbor and just said, hey, you know what, we could use this, and he just... He just took his gift and talent and used it to bless others. You know, I think of uh, uh, Tim and, and Bernice with the Hope for the Homeless, that they, they're just taking their, their, whatever talents they have and saying, we can use this to make a difference. I think of Randy and the, the cooking team with the first men's breakfast I went to, and the spread was amazing. They were using their gifts and talents to make a difference. See, I want, to, I want you to know this. You have a gift and talent. You have a gift and talent, and somebody needs your gift and talent. See, you, you might not get to impact so many people, but just a little something that you got can make a difference in someone else's life. You know, I went to Hawaii a couple of years ago with 50 senior pastors and executive pastors and a well-known church that had this practicum training. And so three days of just, you know, from eight to five, training on leadership and all these things. And on the last day, you know, we were sitting there and the, 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 the senior pastor says, today I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you the, the secret. I'm gonna show you one of our greatest leaders in our church. And so we're all sitting there taking notes going, man, we're gonna get the secret source right now of what makes this church happen. Who is this leader? I can't wait to, I'm gonna ask questions. I can't, this must be a dynamic leader because this, this is a church of 10,000. What do you, wow, this leader and possibly you're gonna meet this leader she well she is amazing and so we're just like who is this and so he says follow me so 50 of us are following him and we're going down these like like corridors in the church and it's like going to the back and I'm like where are we going is this like the back part of the church is, is this person in a cave and maybe they were intercessor and they're just so in love with Jesus and praying in the back you know in the basement area where are we going and we, we, we finally come out and it's into a kitchen a big kitchen and there's this Hawaiian grandma in Hawaii, I lived there for a few years. We call them aunties. There's an auntie there. And the senior pastor says, auntie, what are you doing? And she says, ah, pasta. I'm making cupcakes. Try my best Hawaiian accent. It's terrible. <laughs> and the, the senior pastor, I know we've been set up right now. And I'm thinking, well, where's this leader? Why am I looking at a lady cooking cupcakes? I mean, I'm ready to take notes. I want to learn. And the pastor says, would you tell these pastors who have flown 10 hours, some of them from the East Coast to Hawaii, would you tell them what you're doing? She says, ah, oh, pastor, baking cupcakes. She says, why are you baking cupcakes? She says, ah, oh, tonight's youth ministry. And there's some teenagers that are gonna come to youth group who their friends are invited who don't know Jesus. And you know what's gonna happen is they're gonna take these cupcakes and, and when they eat that cupcakes, it's the best cupcake they've ever eaten. And you know what's gonna happen is I'm gonna fill their tummy, but as I fill their tummy, they're gonna open their heart. And there's gonna be an opportunity for them to invite Jesus into their lives. And I'm praying over these cupcakes. 
And in that moment, I got it. You see, every one of us have a part to play. That's why the vision of Mountain Park Church is realize your role in God's story. You have a role to play here. If this is your home church, you have a role to pray, play. You have a gift and a talent that somebody needs. Maybe it's baking. Maybe it's cooking tri-tip. Maybe it's you got an administration gift, an artist gift. Maybe you can sing, play an instrument. It doesn't matter. But let me tell you something. Your dot begins to add value when you discover your gifts and your talents. You know, you could right now through our Mountain Park database, if, you're, if you have signed on and have an account, do you know that you can log into your profile and you can take an assessment test? We have a spiritual assessment test and a disc assessment test that will help you discover how God has wired you. You can do that. It's right waiting there for you. I want to encourage you to do that. Go to our database and take the assessment test. You'll learn things about yourself. I just did it with the staff this week in spiritual gift assessments, and they were all running around going, do you know what my spiritual gift is? I didn't think I even had that. Many of them said, I didn't realize I had that gift in my life. I'm like, great, let's activate it. Somebody needs your gift. Somebody needs your gift. Somebody needs your gift. If you don't know what it is, there's tools. Go and do that. So number one, God is my source. Number two, God's put gift and talents inside of me. And number three, God has an assignment for my life. You have an assignment for your life. Not only did God know when and where you would show up, not only did God know what you would need, and he's your source and your provider, not only did he know the gifts and talents that you would need to make a difference and, and that you could have an impact in eternity in reaching others, he has an assignment for your life. That's what Jeremiah, God says, I know the plans and purposes I have for your dot, declares the Lord. I know the plans and purposes I have for your dot, declares the Lord. It's plans to prosper you, to give you what? A hope and a future is what he says. You're not by accident, my friend. He has a plan for you. But here's the question today. Are you investing your time into the things of God? See, if you're waiting for a pastor to come by, you're waiting for, for myself or Pastor Jan to come by and say, well, the Lord just told me you meant to serve in kids' ministry. And you're like, well, that must be God. Okay, that's weird. Just jump in somewhere. We've got a wall outside there with a whole bunch of areas. Just jump. Take two or three. I'm interested in that, interested in that. Fill it out. The team will get back with you, tell you more. Just jump in. You know how I got started in ministry? Age of 16, we needed a sound guy. Now, my sound experience was limited to running a portable CD player. That's all I knew. Play, stop, change the batteries. That's all I knew. But I saw a need. I went to our sound tech engineer, put me through. This is a game. This is treble. This is, uh, you know, he has a little 16 channel. And guess what? I started for the youth service, running sound. It was terrible in the beginning, but I learned. And then I, God just, you got to start somewhere. Just jump in. And, and God will use your life. Start somewhere. Realize your role in God's story. So the question today as we land the plane is this. How are we, we should ask ourselves, how are we, how am I investing my treasure, my time, and my talent on this dot so that it can make, some, make an impact in eternity? The Lord asked Isaiah in Isaiah chapter six, verse eight. Isaiah said, when I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and whom will go for us? And Isaiah said, I said, here I am, send me. We sang that today. I pray today, that be the cry of your heart. God, you're my source. You're taking care of me. 
God, you put talents in my life. Help me discover them. You have an assignment for my life. Let me just jump in somewhere. See, when we begin to shift the focus about just living for ourselves on the dot, we begin to live with a kingdom perspective. I believe we'll find the true joy of life. See, I believe Christianity is boring when you come every Sunday and all you do is sit on your potential. Why are you laughing? See, I think Christianity is boring when you sit on your potential. But I think when you're willing to step out in faith and watch what God can do through you, it's a great joy that comes. You don't take stuff to heaven. You take people. You take people. As we close this morning, I want to put up a slide I saw a few years ago. I need to make more money. No. I need to have more business. No. I need to get more followers. No. I need to be happier. No. I need to get things done. No. I need to be the best. No. I need to be perfect. No. You know what I really need? I just need Jesus. He's not asking me to be perfect. He's not asking me to be the best. He's asking me to give me his heart. He says, watch what I will do. It's every eye is closed and head is bowed. If this morning you don't know Jesus as your Lord or Savior, if you have that void in your life where you look at your life and say, you know, pastor, there's nothing that is filling my life. I'm chasing after everything. Yeah, I've, I've got so many successes. I've got a full resume, but my life is empty. I'm hurt and broken, I'm lost. Well, maybe today you say, you know what, I've, I've been, I used to live, my dot used to count, I used to be focused on Jesus, but I've kind of got lost and fallen into sin and done stupid things and I'm not walking with God today. My life is empty, but I know about God and I wanna come back home his grace is new every morning. That's you today. Maybe today it's not about all these things I put on the screen. Maybe today it's I need Jesus. I just need Jesus. I need him in my marriage. I need him in my life. I need him in my finances. I need him in my relationship. I need him with my kids. I just need Jesus to change me today. So eyes are closed and heads bowed. If that's you, I'd love to pray for you this morning. Online, I'd love to pray for you too. That's you this morning. You say, Pastor, pray for me. So eyes are closed and heads about. Just stick your hand up quick and say, Pastor, would you pray for me? Thank you. Thank you. How oh, beautiful. So why raise your hand? Because when you raise your hand, you're really raising your heart. He's saying, you know what? I'm raising my heart today. See, no one knows you better than you. See, no one knows you better than God and yourself. So let's do this. Let's pray together. Everybody, let's pray. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you today that you love me. You chose me. I thank you today, Jesus, that you have life for me. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean today. Thank you for a fresh start. I ask you, Jesus, to be my Lord and Savior. And I'm following you today. I ask you, Jesus, to make my dot, my life, count. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Can we give them a hand really quick? Thanks, guys. You guys are good. Thank you. So yes, yes, the assignment right now is 
I'm going to ask you, as, uh, in a moment I'm going to dismiss you, I'm going to pray for you and dismiss you. Um, I'm going to ask you to go outside, and we've got a jump-in wall, and we've got a whole bunch of things. I want you to grab, just look at the areas that we need. We have some needs here, some areas you can jump in straight away and, and take your gift and talent and grow and serve and make a difference. And, and I want you to put this down, put your name down, and, and tick the area. And, and then uh, if the ladies would come out, I think we've got the ladies. Where are the ladies at? Oh, the ladies at. There the ladies at. And so you fill this out, and then uh, what I want you to do is um, I'm going to ask, look for the pink flamingo. There's, there's two pink flamingos. You take this, and then you drop it in there. And then what do you, I get? Oh, I get a I jumped in sticker. You get a sticker that you jumped in. And this is so cool because when, when you're about to go to your favorite restaurant, which you already, you know, I can see you already, it's in your mind, you're going to walk in and they're going to say, I jumped in. What is that? And you could say, I just jumped in at my church and we're going to get ready to make a difference. Do you have a church? You should come to Mountain Park. You see, marketing right there. It's so simple. <laughs> they asked you, you answered. I jumped in and then we got some fun popsicles for you too out in the lobby area. So thank you, ladies. And so, so excited. First service, a lot of people signed up. Let's see if we can do better at this service because I believe, don't tell anybody, this is the better service, right? Okay, why don't you stand to your feet, let's pray. And uh, Father, we just thank you today. Thank you for your presence. Thank you that you would choose us to be a part of your work. Thank you that we can live today and make a difference in eternity. Lord, I pray that you could take our little dots, our lives, and use it to impact thousands, God. Thank you for Mountain Park Church. May we all discover our role, realize our role, in your story. Bless each one, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you need prayer, the prayer team will be up front here. Uh, other than that, in the lobby area, uh, go find an area.